0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world, principals, teachers, instructional coaches, assistant soups, superintendents, and even state commissioners of education. We talk about the pain points and lessons learned in education so we can all simply be better for kids and the colleagues. We work with, I've been doing a bunch of uh, shorter episodes this summer. Like today's episode is just over 16 minutes long. I'm just trying to, just trying to push out a ton of content for the summer. And uh, I may continue the length after summer's over starting in September, October. Or I may go back to like the 30 to 45 minute episode. I haven't decided yet, but uh, thanks for being here. Please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating, write a review, and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by me. (laughs) I'm the sponsor. The best way to support the podcast is pick up one of my books, Kids Deserve It, which is actually on sale right now on Amazon at 54% off. I don't know where they get 54%, but we'll take it. Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls, which actually my 11-year-old daughter is rereading right now, or Teachers Deserve It. They are all available, as you can imagine, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audio book if you'd rather listen to the words than read them. Hey, and if your organization, school, district, county, service unit, conference or company is having an event and looking for a high energy relevant relatable fun down-to-earth speaker that just keeps it real and really connects with the audience reach out directly so we can talk uh, about your event and schedule something amazing for your team i've given well over 300 keynotes i think i'm like at 325 all across north america with breakout sessions coaching leadership strands and i'd love to work with you adam welcome at gmail.com or mr adam for more information about speaking and also my other podcasts and blog all right my guest for today is dr cameron Poole from clayton missouri he's the chief equity and uh, inclusion officer uh, educational leader husband father historian and uh, somebody uh, on twitter recommended cameron to me when i sent that tweet out about looking for guests for the show and uh, Cameron and I connected over the DM on Twitter and uh, had a really, really great, awesome conversation with Cameron. And uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Cameron Poole. Enjoy. Cameron Poole. Welcome to the podcast, my man. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. To yes. Be here. So I put out a tweet, I don't know, like a few weeks ago that said, uh, I was looking for people to inter- uh, interview on the podcast and I forget who, I would have to go back and look, uh, recommended you. So we reached out and he said, you got to talk to Cameron. So uh, here we are chief equity and inclusion officer in uh, in Missouri. Uh, do yourself a favor, go to Twitter right now. Make sure you're following Cameron CP underscore ed equity. I'm going to link that in the show notes as well, too, in case you are driving or on a run right now and you can't hop over to, to Twitter. Cameron, for the people out there that don't know who you are, introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, and uh, we'll just kind of start from there.
1: Awesome, awesome. Again, thanks for having me on. Um, Dr. Cameron Poole, I'm the uh, Chief Equity and Inclusion Officer uh, in the School District of Clayton, uh, which is a, uh, a district in St. Louis County. Um, I'm in my second year in the role, I started as a director, and then it was upgraded to uh, chief officer. Uh, Prior to that, I was an assistant principal uh, for a few years. And then the bulk of my teaching career, I was a high school social studies teacher, uh, assistant football coach, assistant track and field coach. So I I was that prototypical social studies teacher who was a coach uh, as well, so all good experiences, which have kind of led me, you know, to where I am now, um, you know, and, and just trying to do the good work, man.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. My first application to get my credential, I wanted to get a single subject, social studies, just like you. And my dad taught second grade for 35 years, Cameron, and he said, Adam, I know you love social studies and history. Get a multiple subject because there's way more multiple uh, elementary jobs than there are those single subject. And you can always go back and get like a supplemental credential. So I listened to my dad and I never went back and got my single subject. But I do, I do wish I had taught social studies and history because I'm always, I'm always reading books and uh, I just love the history. It's, uh, it's so important to understand that. Cameron, what's the biggest challenge right now for schools, do you think? Biggest
1: challenge, I would say... You know, um, today's students, what they, what today's students have gone through um, when you just look at students from the past 10 years, from political unrest, social unrest, the birth of social media, then you throw in a pandemic, like they've, students are extremely complex in terms of what they bring into the school. And not to say that they weren't complex before, but it's just what we're seeing is relatively new. Um, and I don't think, you know, us as educators, the way we were educated, we weren't educated to support and, and, and teach and grow today's students. So I think you're seeing a lot of disconnects. And I think when you throw in the pandemic um, and, and you throw in, you know, the ever changing social climates, students being new um, in terms of, you know, what we're used to seeing, all the problems are just kind of exacerbating. You know themselves, and, and of course, that's been leading to a lot of the teacher, a lot of the teacher burnout. You know that that's that starting to happen. That's been happening, but again, has been exacerbated, especially since the, uh, the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I love the word you use, complex, and I'm just shaking my head. I could not agree more. So you talked about like teachers. I mean, I'm thinking about uh, admin too. I mean, think about, you know, you were an assistant principal. Think about, you know, when you went to get your certification, every state looks a little bit different uh, for the certification to become an administrator. I mean, we were learning about spreadsheets and budgets. I mean, 10, 11 years ago is when I got my first principal job, I come onto campus in the summer, and I had to learn about construction, because we were putting solar panels in, and they were doing all these things. And I mean, just so just separate that compared to what you're talking about the last two years with masks and social and political, all these things. Um, but I feel like it is also kind of a good analogy, Cameron, I'm curious your take on this. It's a good analogy for what our kids are facing when they go into the world, because we don't know what kind of jobs they're going to have when they go into the world. So, you know, we have to get our kids ready. Like we have to get teachers and administrators ready for whatever is going to happen. Cameron, how do we do that? I mean, what kind of teaching or training or experience can we give people to be basically be ready for whatever they're, they're going to face when they get out there and face that? I mean, like what ideas do you have on that?
1: You know, like you said, I, I think it, it's changing up the way in which we, I think, you know, educate, you know, one another within the profession. Um, you know, things things are really trending toward being very, you know, accept the whole child philosophy based. So, how can I, how can I create a blank slate for each kid? Um, you know, rather than how can we get each kid to comply? And I think we're kind of we're kind of really you know navigating towards that. So I, I think it's really it's really changing our thinking, um, our expectations, um, you know, and and really looking at things you know from a whole child perspective, which I don't think we have. But like I mm. said, in doing that, you're asking you're asking folks in the profession to do things that they weren't necessarily trained to do. So you know that professional development piece is is extremely important. Um, especially when you talk about things like, you know, when we're looking at equity and really differentiating and, you know, technology and, you know, like like you said, we're looking at spreadsheets and then all of a sudden you got a new construction project. So how can we, uh, how how can we make, you know, our education and our development more, I guess, realistic and job related, Mm -hmm. um, rather than more textbook based?
0: Well, yeah, because if we don't, we're not getting our kids ready for the world that they're living in. And we're not giving our teachers the tools for the world that they're teaching in. I mean, it's a uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of challenges uh, that education has to face. Uh, thinking back on your career so far, Cameron, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned?
1: The biggest lesson that I've learned is... Early on. And, and I've been I've been in a number of different places and districts, which I think has been a positive because um, oftentimes we get into things and we only and we're, we stay in one place for a while and really think things, you know, can be done a certain way. So the biggest thing that I, and I think this is for the sanity of every educator um, and you've got to do it within reason is figure out what you can what you control and what you don't control find a way to maximize what you can control and find a way to be um you know active in helping move the needle on things you don't because you may not be able to control it but you can help move the needle in the direction that you want it to go in so if i know i can control you know um you know, can't control funding or you know something like that. But I know when kids come into my classroom, what they learn, you know, the experience they have, I can maximize that to the best of my ability. Um, and then, and that's the same goes for that. You know, whether it's a teacher level, an admin level, um, you know, a, a central office level, what can you can what can you control? What's in your power? Um, how can you maximize the potential of that? And then how can you advocate those other areas?
0: I I love that, man. I'm shaking my head again (laughs) with what you're saying. I think what I'm thinking about is, you know, people complain a lot like, oh, this or that. And uh, we used to say at my school, complaining is not a strategy. Let's be, let's be action oriented. And what can you control? You can control this. And there's a lot of things to your point, Cameron, that we can't control but let's make a venn diagram and i think the diagram that has what we can control is actually going to be a lot bigger and a lot more full than than what we can't control because what we can't control is testing and what kids what happens to kids when they leave our buildings and they they leave our schools but so much happens and you got to maximize that time Uh, i love that i feel like we could talk like for another hour just on that but i'm going to ask you my favorite question that i've been asking to everybody on the podcast if you could choose one person, alive or dead, to spend the day with, who's not a family member, who would it be and why?
1: Ooh, man. And as a history, per, as a history, teacher, <laughs> a history person, people ask that question, I'm like, man, I can't answer that.
0: There's a lot of people.
1: <laughs> you know what, man? I would probably say, whew, I'd probably go Frederick Douglass. I would probably go Frederick Douglass because, you know, especially looking at it, you know, from a Black history standpoint, when you talk about progress, moving the needle, having multiple experiences, you know, being able to be an abolitionist and just, I mean, if you've ever read his autobiography, I think he's, if we're ranking like, you know the, the dopest americans of all time you know he, he's got to be in the top five man because uh you know to i think the biggest thing that we especially looking at the work that he did oftentimes i think when it's equity or civil rights or anything like that one thing that we negate is understanding people and understanding how to deliver a message not necessarily being right but how do you know people and how can you deliver a message in a way in which, you know, it's palatable, palatable for all folks. And and he just seemed to, to have a gift, not only just super talented being able to, you know, go from being enslaved to accomplishing and, and doing all the great things that he did for everyone, but, you know, just having that ability to connect, um, you know, and, and have kind of that superpower. So I just feel like from the experiences that he's had and, you know a lot of his verbiage still being relevant you know to this day um you know really being able to sit down you know and, and connect with him
0: uh, yeah <clears throat> yeah i couldn't agree more i was like again shaking my head and i have read his autobiography i actually read a biography on him that came out a couple of years ago frederick douglas prophet of freedom i'm going to link that book in the show notes is by david blight actually won the perlitzer prize uh for that book and um Talk about a complex man too. Um, So much to his life and so much that he did. Um, Mm -hmm. That'd be awesome to spend a day with Frederick.
1: And in the second place, I will go James Baldwin. And
0: then after that, it's like, (laughs) It would change by the day. So, Yeah, I know. I I love asking that question because people, they surprise me, but it also makes people think. And I think some people get frustrated with that question because I add the not a family member because there's people in my family that are gone that I would love to spend a day with. So it kind of takes a lot of people out and just opens up uh, a lot of new avenues. Cameron, what do you wish more people knew about our schools from a standpoint of knew what was going on or knew how they run or knew how uh, decisions are made just what do you wish more people knew you know what man that and I believe this
1: that an overwhelming majority of teachers have good intentions um sometimes things get in the way of those intentions you know whether it's you know, whether it's bias, whether it's ego, whether it's, you know, a a number of different factors, but folks have good intentions, um, you know, and very rarely, I would say, does someone really get into the profession to hurt kids. Um, You know, like I said, just the nuances of being a teacher or being an educator and dealing with You know, a lot of the things in our systems that are broken um, and and maybe not having the right preparation for the job that you're a part of, Um, you know, you're, you're asked to be, you know, not only, you know, a content area expert, uh, but an expert in your pedagogy, Um, you know, have an SEL component have an equity component, you know, have, be able to build relationships, be a psychologist, all of these things, and just understanding that, you know, even some of your most talented individuals will, you know, will have struggles or would, could have struggles within there. So I would say best intentions, um, you know, and, and again, sometimes we're our own worst enemy. Sometimes there are things that are out of our control. Uh, but I, And that's why, you know, earlier I was like, what can you control and what you can't control? Because sometimes... When you're dabbling in things you can't control, rather than maximizing the things that you can, um, sometimes a lot of those, you know, a lot of those issues and a lot of those biases and a lot of those things show. So, um, I would say that that folks have the best intentions, um, especially given the fact that you know our system is under attack, uh, you know, which it has been for a while. But uh, at the same time, you know, yes, individuals are a part of a system, but you know, oftentimes, like, you know, um, it's tough kind of being able to coexist, you know, within a system with holes while having good intentions.
0: Yeah, no, I like how you put that it is. Uh, I mean, to use your word, it's complex, but people, people do have good intentions. I think the best intentions and in all the jobs that I've had. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think you're 100% on people aren't out to get kids or, or people and uh, you gotta you gotta make the make the environment right for people to thrive. Cameron. A big part of this podcast is amplifying the voices of my guests. I'm just going to pass the microphone over to you, man. What do you want to say to all the people that listen to this podcast?
1: Um, Thanks for tuning in. Um, You know, especially for the educators out there, you know, we're, you know, definitely going through a hard time. And I think the, the toughest thing is being able to balance our needs with the needs of our students. And, you know, sometimes those, sometimes those needs don't align. You know, we always say be stu—you know—be student-centered, keep students first. But sometimes, you know, and choosing your, it's hard to choose yourself over your students and vice versa. and That ends up being a conflict. But I think it's kind of the bedrock for a lot of the conflicts that we're having within folks that are, you know, in, internal within the profession. But um, you know, there's always, you know, th- there's always light at the end of the tunnel. I think. You know, in order for great change to happen, you know, in the systems that we're a part of, you know, great conflict usually precedes that. You know, so I I think we're in an evolution phase, um, and I, and I do think you know that once we get on the other side, whether it's you know the pandemic, whether it's you know uh, just systems aging out, that the other side will look will, will look a lot better. But like I said, I think we're just in kind of that turmoil time where we're trying to figure out what direction, you know, we're supposed to go in from here.
0: Yeah. So stay strong, head up, keep smiling and uh keep doing awesome things for kids and teachers at cp underscore ed equity again i'm going to link it in the show notes i'm also going to link that frederick douglas book prophet of freedom i'm really glad you brought you brought him up in that book um oh, yeah. i read that book when it came out uh just two years ago it's a really really good one dr cameron pool thanks so much for coming on man i really uh really appreciate talking i'm going to be in missouri this summer and uh i'm going to connect i'm going to get uh, let's meet together for for a coffee or something and we can uh we can continue the conversation everybody listen and thanks for all you do and i hope that you have an absolutely amazing day